Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast, produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision-making. I'm here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph. And this week we're discussing whether change is as good as rest. Nick, you look like you could do with a change. Yeah, uh, undoubtedly clothes. True. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's start with that, and then yeah. So, um, as you know, I'm a member of the International Jet Set, and I've been on no, not one like the normies, but two holidays this year. I went to Greece in the summer. Yeah. And uh, only last week, I went to uh, interrailing with my family in through various bits of Northern Europe. In Sorry, fact, when was that? Was it last week? You last said? week, yeah. Okay. Berlin, Hamburg, and Brussels. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, holiday in Greece was a very much a relaxy type holiday. We did occasionally go for a walk or visit the ruins of Mycenae and that kind of thing. But then we spent lots of time on the beach, reading pool, board games, etc. Sounds very restful. The uh, trip, whirlwind tour of Northern Europe, however, was very, uh, you know, kind of filled with activity. So we were going out, we were walking all over the place a lot. We were kind of spending very little time in our flat stroke hotel. And um, uh, and you might think I would be a bit tired at the end of it. But no, actually the opposite. If anything, I was sort of more eager to get back uh, to work and feeling, you know, energised and productive at the end of my week interrailing than I had than I was after my two weeks I found I found You're it very nice hard. and changed well well that and then uh, lo and behold what popped into my mind uh, that uh, the thought of the old saw that a change is as good as a rest mm. and uh, and I just sort of thought well is that what's at play here is basically what's happened is um, I didn't really I felt like I needed a rest and I would probably have voted for two weeks sitting on the sofa uh, but Actually, one week into railing and walking and seeing lots of new stuff, actually maybe maybe is what I, in fact I needed. So yeah, is a change as good as a rest? Mm. Okay, so there's a few things to think about here, which is one of them. I kind of like your analogy. Which one? Well, holidays you're talking about essentially. That one of them was quite changey and one of them was quite resty. Right. Um, I'm not sure how changey one of them was, but um, I'll give you. It had sort of. It wasn't really very restful, okay. But but um, I, I just want to define. I think I, we can better define. I think his characterisation is fine. I mean, I, I've, I've done both kinds of holidays in the past. I think the kind of sitting around a hotel on beaches and pottering around the odd site. Okay, but then we're it's defining... Pretty low, it's, lo, it's pretty low physically demanding. And you're not... After you've kind of seen part of the... You've seen the hotel, yeah, you're not yeah, gathering yeah. much new data, whereas the interrailing thing, you, you're, un, you, you're under pressure, you've got to get the train, you've got to go places, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. seeing lots of things, you're interacting with loads of people. There's much more data coming, information mm. coming at you all the time. <sighs> yeah. So I'm not sure, because... Yeah, what's, what's, what are you uneasy about? Yeah, because I'm not sure if we're defining change correctly because we're, we're using the word change to mean activity, I think. Hmm. But also we're using both change and activity to mean um, gathering new information. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm happy with that. Um, well, well, no, so let's put it this way. That, that week-long interrailing holiday, mm. what it wasn't was a rest. Mm. 
right? Yeah, I'm happy with that. Right, I, it, and it was different to what I would be doing in the normal week. So it was also a change. Yeah, yeah. I haven't at this point defined a change or a rest. In fact, can we? Uh, what I want to do is talk about very briefly mm. where this phrase comes from, mm. because Arthur Conan Doyle presented it in a list of, of what he called sort of traditional wisdom, uh, but it. it has apparently been pinned down to a poem that was published in the Hampshire Advertiser in 1857 called A Change is as Good as a Rest, No Author Given. And uh, it is about 10 verses of lots of examples of this. So here's one. Um, that porter just over the road of this bit of knowledge possessed from shoulder to shoulder is shifting his load. A change is as good as a rest. That student in science is deep with time's sterling value impressed now turns to a novel, not thinking of sleep, a change is as good as the re a rest. They're all making the same point that taking mm. doing something different is uh, is actually sort of refreshing. Uh, it's refreshing. Not doing the thing you've been doing and doing something else is refreshing. Possibly better than to to be discussed. Uh, you know, doing nothing. Mm. And I and I if that's true, if this turns out to be true, it could blow the whole doors off capitalism as we know it um but 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 i what i'm what i because, are you about to just single-handedly destroy the beach holiday industry well no, yeah. I, I think i am a bit because actually there's no doubt that our brains think we want sofa right that's how it feels mm -hmm. but actually is that true Mm. I I I think it's just, and the fact that it's not obvious to us I think is interesting in itself because you'd yeah. think we of all people being people would have got the hang of what kind of rest we need but no I think we're very bad at this. Peter, I think there might be a a, a handle we could uh, pull on okay. on this to get a little bit to examine it. So I I was thinking about different types of tiredness or fatigue, mm. um, and um, it. So, so uh, various different literatures, diff different types, and different classifications of fatigue. But the ones that kind of ring most true to me that I can, ex I, I can you know, have, feel like I have first-hand experience of the most are physical fatigue. Classic physical, you're knackered after walking 10 miles or yep. you're... Um, will climb up a mountain. And Disappointingly rare experience in the Disappointingly modern Disappointingly rare experience world. in the modern world. Um, mental fatigue, where you've been working, you've had a day of answering emails, having conversations, writing things, typical Thursday, and you're just exhausted at the end of it. Then social fatigue, you've been, at a, you've been partying with friends all afternoon, and you go home and you kind of just want to be alone for a little bit. I think that's a kind of sensory emotional fatigue, and yeah, I split well, those we two might up, but want keep to, going. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I've got a fourth, which is I call I, I think I came up with the word claustrophobic fatigue. Okay. Um, which is where it's been raining for three weeks. You haven't really gone out, really done very much. You've been stuck in the house with the family. I feel exhausted by that kind of claustrophobia mm, that mm, mm. you get with that kind of situation. Think Christmas with the in-laws kind of thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's sort of exhausting in its own special way, different from social. Yeah, because I would call that a repetition um, yeah, fatigue. Yeah, but, something um, like that. Yeah, something yeah. sort of because you're doing the same thing. Yeah, you might. I might experience it if I'd been, you know, doing a very menial job in a factory or something. It might feel similar. Yeah. Um, 
So um, you'll, but you'll, you no surprise you, you'd expect that I don't. I find cycling as good as a rest. So if I've been working very hard, I, I go for a cycle, and then I feel much more refreshed. And I think these these types of fatigue feel very independent to me. So I might be pretty tired after a cycle, but still, but still be mentally very ready to take on a new thing and start thinking about a new thing. Or I might be exhausted mentally, but ready to go to a party and socialize about it. So they they feel quite different. It's like I'm tapping into different reserves for these things. Yeah, and they have a kind of what a negative dependency or something. Let's say some yeah, and and because when I'm you know if I go for a cycle after working, doing lots of writing, come back from the cycle ready to do some more writing. So that's had time to top up or has been refreshed by the other activity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think this is a really good model, and it I, I agree with Peter. It has an intuitive validity. Um, I would imagine it'd be quite hard to measure, but it feels mm. right to me. I think, as you say, Fraser, I think you were touching on, well, maybe, maybe we could put together social and mental. Personally, I'd be tempted to leave them separate, but put social into kind of sensory to me. It's, there's a sort of, um, you know, uh, noise, which is things going into you, you know, which also, again, feels like listening to loud music or being out and about and hearing lots of things. Like sometimes it's nice to get away from that. But the, I think the I think key thing can, here no, is that. Wait, hold on. I think you can, sorry, I think you can definitely, I would separate out sensory and emotional. I think they can be two very different things. But anyway, we, we generally agree. So sorry. Yeah, Nick, so we've got going. different, we've got these different uh, kind of, um, yeah, as Peter says, reserves. I think I'm happy with that. It mm. feels like it feels right to me that you know you 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 want they can be completely unaligned and uh, okay they're not totally and I think we want to touch on that certainly for me um, and uh, you know being mentally very tired definitely translates to physical tiredness or at least subjective experience of kind of being averse to doing anything physical mm. if I'm mentally exhausted, um, but. The, so the the question I think then is let's let's think about using those doing things as as basically tapping into those reserves, and we could then define a rest as um, effectively none of the reserves are being used. And so if you're asleep, that's definitely a rest. That that like basically where you aren't doing any of these things. So you oh, what you mean? Yeah, go on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So you're you're doing an activity where all of them are off. And and I think so. The question then is: um, is do they replenish at the same rate? Again, I'm just using this metaphor. I'm not implying mm. anything about reality here. But just, mm. like, do do they? Do, let's say that I'm mentally tired, and then you know either go for a walk or just sit at home. Now, is it true that the mental reserve will replenish at the same rate uh, if I go for a walk? versus sitting on the sofa or will the mental reserve replenish more slowly and it would be better to sit on the sofa to get that back up or is it in fact that going for a walk the physical activity somehow Pumps makes the res makes the mental reserve go up yeah, faster yeah, yeah, yeah. and in which case i suppose we could say that's you know a change is better than a rest uh, in that regard yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and i if that's true then yeah as i said i mean i think this is this you know means means that we should plan on our lives yeah. very differently certainly um as a data point anecdotally uh, uh, if I sp say say I say if I come up with some equivalence of activity, so if I spend a whole afternoon writing lots of things and answering emails and having meetings, like that's a typical. We have a we have a 
I have a crazy Thursday every week, which is basically non-stop, nine o'clock to four, five o'clock, constantly in meetings and writing stuff, always. That I say that I feels roughly equivalent to me going and doing a fairly vigorous two and a half hour mountain bike, in terms of overall fatigue. Mm. Anecdotally, it usually takes me till the next day of sleep and not doing very much to fully recover, ready to do one of those two things again. Yeah. So that so that's without doing one or the other. But I, and another data point, anecdotally again, is I feel if I do the morning of vigorous, you know, loads and loads of work and then get out in the afternoon for a, uh, a cycle or a decent walk, I kind of come back ready to do it again. Yeah. So I can't, I, I, or not quite ready to do all of it again, but ready to do another few hours of work in the evening that I wouldn't have wanted to do or I don't necessarily want to do, but I wouldn't be, feel I have the capacity to do. So to me, definitely, it feels like physical exercise recharges the mental bank more quickly than not doing anything gotcha just sleeping or something. i think you might be right and i so, think we probably just so before you do on, on i know we separated them out and i think we may have said that i think because you can deplete the multi uh, all at the same time i think right um so you can be physically emotionally mentally sensor sensorially tired and you can do an activity that would affect all of those things um, and deplete them. And for that, I think you definitely need um, a rest, actually, because it's, you know... Total yeah. burnout. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that when... Anyway, I don't want to give... I, I don't really want to give this an example here. I will cut this. When you, no, but when, you, when you're having a business meeting with someone you dislike and you're rock climbing at the same time. Exactly. Yeah, it's no, a nightmare yeah. situation. No, right. So, sorry, Nick, you were going to... I was just going to mention data. Because it would be useful to sort of try and work out whether this is just Peter and me coming up with subjective metaphors or whether it's real. And um, the fact is, we just don't know. That people have obvious, like, it's a subject of huge interest from a kind of industrial productivity point of view. So there's been lots of studies into things like frequency of breaks and, you know, the effects of fatigue. So, uh, for example, if you've been awake for 17 hours, apparently that's the same as, and cheaper than, getting two glass, two cans of beer. So, uh, and and apparently if you've been awake for 24 hours, it's the, it's the equivalent of having three standard drinks and can put you in a very risky state in terms mm. of decision making so so look clearly fatigue it's not just something we don't like it has a concrete impact on performance when you're when you're fatigued so it's that kind of stuff but it's been studied from a sort of pretty much exclusively like behaviorist angle which is here's a worker how often do we have to take them out of that box in order to make, maximize throughput for the day kind of thing. It's that sort of approach. Um, I, th I think, you know, the sort of psychology of rests, there, there isn't really very, I mean, there certainly isn't a kind of knockdown um, study or paper anywhere that I could find that says, um, oh, if you need a rest, you need to do precisely this much sort of physical activity and then this much kind of rest yeah. and sofas aren't as good as chairs and so on. The Almost, there are there there one or two, absolutely unchallengeable findings for example sleep really is the king of all the rests like nothing else works in place of sleep so whatever sleep does it only sleep can do that lying there with your eyes closed uh in the dark 
is just not going to cut it. So that that's pretty uncontroversial. Like if you see how someone performs after they've slept versus having just lain there, it's it's a huge difference. So that's that's one of the few things we can say without a doubt. But it's oddly yeah. very it's, difficult to just, find. Just sorry, just, I don't want to take it in the wrong direction, but apparently, well, I mean, it's it's even more than that. Sleep isn't just rest. It, it's much. It's many many other things aside from rest. But uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, sorry, Peter. I want to. I would just want to bring in a a, a a thing that Nick and I, a concept that Nick and I are both sort of keen on, although there is controversy around it, which is ego depletion. Mm. Um, we think it. Nick and I both agree that it's a very useful uh, concept that explains phenomena that we have. You know, we directly observe in ourselves. What um, is ego depletion? Yeah. E- ego depletion um, is the idea that if you're your your well willpower is a battery yeah will so yeah willpower is a battery so if you think if so if you if you agree that one of the kinds of fatigues you might have is resisting the urge to eat biscuits and to eat burgers and just be you know you're trying to lose weight say you're trying to lose weight um you're fighting against urges that want to make you eat high calorie food um the ego depletion kind of hypothesis is that there's a sort of battery of willpower that you have that you can draw down on throughout the day to shore up your willpower but at a, cer- at a certain point you run out and that's when you start scoffing biscuits um and that's that's the thing that gets topped up when you rest or you have a change um and then you've got more willpower again now there's it's one of the it's one of the it's one of the the casualties of the um, re- uh, reproduction crisis mm. that psychology has sort of had in the last 10 years or so. However, there's a bit of controversy about the controversy. Yeah. Um, the replication crisis hasn't replicated. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no, not that, not that, partic- <laughs> not that wider thing, but um, the, 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 there's, there's a good article on um, clearerthinking.com, which is a, a, a favorite sort of pop psychology uh, outlet of mine, um, that actually maybe. Maybe we, maybe we, when we talk about willpower, actually, maybe we've lumped together too many things, and actually, if we broke that a bit down down into smaller components, then ego depletion might be true for some and not others. Because the way it's been tested, it might be testing part of it and not and other studies testing other parts of it. Ego depletion might be might exist elsewhere. So it's kind of like it's uh, yeah. So. Um, just wanted to shout out to ego depletion because I don't think it's dead yet. No, um, no. I well, and yes, I I just refuse refuse to believe that something like it isn't real. Mm. Um, it may be explicable by uh, like rational processes in your brain, um, e.g., you know, actually thinking or be you know, obviously physical activity, but but also thinking hard is actually does actually use up quite a lot of energy right so you know the fact that you might be more highly motivated to eat a biscuit after thinking for a day is not is not yeah it could be that it feels to me like there's got to be some explanation for it uh yeah yeah because there's no doubt that that's real yeah right yeah you can stick to a diet and but one stressful day or five meetings in a row will Chuck it under the bus because yes, you will. You'll yeah. be on the phone to the to the kebab shop. Are there any ways we can think of to sort of hack our reserve, or be it of ego to play, or, yeah, or, or or for other other thing, for all the other, these other kind of battery that we're drawing down when we're tired? I'm super interested in this because at the moment, um, as fine a physical specimen as I am, 
I'm reached. I'm on a new sort of level of of, right. of self improvement, right? Okay. Um, which you can probably see that journey in front, oh, in front yeah. of you. Yeah. Um, so recently, I've got this sort of personal trainer type person, and I've got um, like the the physical side of it that it's all planned out for me what I need to be doing. But probably more importantly is the nutritional side of it, and I'm having trouble with the nutrition side of it because um, I do Fucking like vegetables. Well, I do. I mean, but for example, just to say. Um, I had fillet steak two nights in a row with broccoli. And what? as much as I like fillet steak, it's, you know, I'm getting a bit but also, enough of it. But also, having it with broccoli sounds awful. Yeah, it's not, it's not Just great. It, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I do feel sort of physically better and that, all that's fine. But I can't stop about an hour after shoving a load of chocolate biscuits in my face. Yeah. So, Peter, what's, what's the idea? Is you're you on a low ca- a low carb diet? I know. I'm no no no. I'm on, I'm on, I'm just on a slight calorie deficit diet. That's all. Right. Okay. But trying to eat the right things within that, whatever yeah. that might mean. But I can't. Every now and again, I have to stuff crisps in my face, and I just can't stop myself. Yeah. And so, but is what's um, that correlated with? I mean, what what is it that are there like particular types of stress that make you less likely to stick to it? Um, or is it time of the day when it happens? It's time of day. Mid-afternoon? I think there's a mid-afternoon and a late-night thing going on. Okay. Um, but also... That, I That hints at one of my hacks, right? Brilliant. Fantastic. Okay. And, and then the other thing is, yes, yeah, straight after one kind of food, I need another kind of food. So straight after proper food... I need something sugary. I need a Kit Kat. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I, I, I'm throwing myself at your mercy. I need help. I need help. Have a change. Have a Kit Kat. Well, let's have a break. Have a Kit Kat. <laughs> a break uh, is as good as a rest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, how do I have a break? For, yeah. But anyway, so, uh, so, I want to hear this hack. This idea is um, very contingent on whether or not your, your work, uh, etc., life allows you to do it, but having f- flexibility to do it. But I find the optimum time for me to do exercise is around two o'clock after lunch, mm. in that sort of afternoon doldrum period when you're really starting to flag and you're really starting to sort of that's when you might reach into the cupboard and snaffle a couple of biscuits or make yourself a few mm-hmm. slices of toast or something. Um, if I, I'll have a, a, a light, you know, lunch is usually fairly light sandwich or something and then an hour after that go for a cycle i that somehow bypasses that whole biscuit eating period of the day for me mm. um i've come back feeling physically tired but ready to do more th- thinking time yeah and biscuits are the last thing on your mind and biscuits are the last thing on my mind so that for me is a really useful hack mm-hmm. um yeah i think that i mean the challenge isn't it is is getting out in the first place get managing to say right it's time for that yeah, yeah. bit of exercise and i think hab- it feels like habits are quite important there like if you are always doing that at two o'clock or something yeah or what you know as soon as you've finished lunch then that that yeah that feels like a way of doing that but i know personally that's always the the you know i i know i should go for a two-hour walk i just cannot face it that's the that's the problem you know um but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think if this was easy, we wouldn't need to be having this podcast yeah. about no, how best to yeah. rest. You know, um, it isn't easy. So um, d- d- just to mirror your another hack, just to mirror your um, your uh, health kick that you're going on at the moment. So I I, I I I haven't had any caffeine for about two months now. Okay, and I do feel significantly better. No caffeine at all. Not even a. No, not even a single cup of tea in the morning. I've been mm-hmm. weaning it off for the last few months. Um, 
down to like a cup of tea in the morning for caffeinated tea, but I, I kick that and I don't notice any downside, but my sleep is so much better. Effect, my sleep is so much more effective. Mm. So I still sleep for the same amount, but I wake up feeling much better and I flag less. So I'd say, you know, the chemicals we put in our body, pretty significant, right? What yeah. I've not done is, so, so what, 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 okay, to make this even better, what stimulants can I take yeah. in addition? Or what, even on a sort of softer, inverted commas level, what supplements could I take? You know, vitamin B, vitamin D. Amphetamines are good. Well, presumably de depressants is what you want if you want to get to sleep. Yeah, yeah. But I'm thinking like, um, not to make the sleep better, to, but to make the waking hours more effective. Yeah. Or to decrease my requirement for sleep. So eat into that eight hour requirement, maybe get it down to six. Or so you've got to work out, yeah, to quadruple your productivity with a load of uppers and brain yeah. drugs <laughs> yeah. and then scoff a load of downers uh, to fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely a healthy, healthy sounding lifestyle. <laughs> well, I'm just wondering if there, <laughs> there might be something, uh, a level at which that is sustainable and not damaging. Hmm. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I we, I don't know if this is the time to talk about it, but it feels to me like this is a problem we've created for ourselves. I, I mean, of course, the modern world mm. um, is. I mean, why is any any of this a problem? Like, why can't you just go and have a rest? Like, or sit down, or just go for a, what? The, the problem is that there are so many obligations we have that are forced on us, or if you like, that we've chosen to force upon ourselves. Um, and and I think, you know, so we then are forced to try and optimise. Whereas I sort of think, do do birds worry about whether a change is as good as a rest? Do lions worry about that? No, they just get on with it. They just do what feels right. And I feel, I think the problem is that what feels right for us, actually, you know, from a health point of view, is pretty incompatible with being highly productive. So I think we've got the we've created this problem as a kind almost like to solve the problem of how do we be productive, and that's created this other problem of how do we how do we rest as effectively as possible, because unlike you know our hunter gatherer ancestors who might have worked for a, a couple of hours a day, we now work for eight ten hours a day, and um, so we're in a you know we're in a completely different different state of fatigue to anything that would have existed in the past yeah um you sort of almost sort of unintentionally i think uh gave a quote there of um, brian from the life of brian when he's on the verge of being proclaimed as a messiah but actually just when he is proclaimed as being like a, uh, not a messiah which is when he said you know, what, what about the birds you know mm. they're quite happy aren't they you know what are you having a bird go at the birds for but um Look, I don't think there's much more to say on this. However, I do want to ask a question. Yeah, go on. Yeah? Um, I want to ask this, which is, what is... The reason I ask is, by the way, I had a great example of this recently myself. What's the best, most and recent bit of either rest or change that you have had? So I had a really good rest recently. Brilliant. Which is that I decided... So I really like saunas, spa complex type things. And... I was recently cheated of that of that experience when I was traveling through Europe because on the way out we stopped in Cologne on the way to mm. to to, uh, to Poland and I went to this wonderful spa which I'd been to years ago had a lovely time and then on the way back through Cologne I wasn't able to stop there and I was like oh no I really right. wanted to have that again and so I thought you know what why don't I just fly to Germany to the day for the day 
and just hang out at this bar for a day and fly back in the evening. You decadent scumbag. And I did exactly that. So it turns that. out you're also a member of this jet set. Absolutely. Yeah. And, why don't you, why don't you um, go the whole hog and go to Baden-Baden? Yeah. Well, I'd like maybe, I'd, yeah. Um, and one of the lovely things about it was, it was two things. I felt like I was convalescing. That was the first thing. And, and famously, you know, convalescence is no longer a thing, you know, whereas it definitely yeah, should be. used to be in the olden days. Right, yeah. Yeah, they recognised how important it was to go Having into... A rest, you know? Yeah, go to yeah. be wheeled round an institution in a wheelchair yeah. by a nurse. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what it felt like With a blanket. Me. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely need that. I would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get wheeled out of the garden. Yeah, so yeah. The exactly. and, and And actually, because in the sauna, understandably, you're not allowed to wander around with your mobile phones and stuff. Mm. It has to be stay in the locker room. So therefore, you've got very limited information flowing into you. And I really liked that. It was a bit like sort of going back in time 30 years from that respect. Yeah. I had a lovely rest. Flew back in the it's evening. Really good. You know, it was great. It was really nice. Didn't cost much either. Um... So think, that's my example. Think of the carbon footprint. Wow, well, you know, but I got a rest, so yeah. Well, I, I, uh, this, I suppose I'm re-raising this as I suppose it reinforces the kind of Peter's model, really, of these kind of different uh, reserves of of energy. But um, I had a board game weekend a few weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, mm. and what this entails is a bunch of people coming around my house. In this case, I think about about twelve people came around. Uh, from sort of Friday Friday afternoon through to Sunday afternoon, and intense non-stop board gaming, board gaming, uh, eating, drinking, being merry. Yeah. Uh, so essentially, you're co I'm constantly thinking about whatever game I'm playing, right? Mm. Um, which is you know intense mental activity of a kind, but it's nothing like the kind of mental activity I have to do at work, which is kind of constantly. Un, uh, sort of unstructuredly creative. It's constantly having to answer the question, how do I deal with this difficult thing? Mm. And having to think through options and all of them. Uh, with whereas, quite serious, potentially serious consequences or real consequences. Yeah, whereas it, suddenly here we are, one minute I'm a, most, I'm a Formula One driver. Mm. Next minute I'm a Cuban mafia member. Mm. Uh, you know, then an hour or two later I'm converting Irish pagans to Christianity. Um, and and then I'm a reaver in 16th century Scotland. And and the point is that I, I, it feels at the end of it that I haven't just had one change. I've I've had about 20. Yeah. I've I've done loads mm. and loads of different things, and I've experienced lots of different things. And it's like having loads of holidays all at once. And, and at the end of it, I feel absolutely great. I've I've flipping love weekend of game. Yeah. And I, and it's but it's a lot of people might think that sounds completely exhausting, and in one sense it is. But I definitely feel totally energised by that. Yeah, yeah, and all through the magic that can be afforded by moving tiny, tiny little bits of cardboard yeah. bits around. Well, but those with the imaginations to understand that—it's uh -huh. not doing that, is right. it? It's moving your—it's moving your forces up the front for a climactic <laughs> yeah, confrontation yeah. with the baddies. <laughs> Peter, I tell you what is the opposite of a good rest. Yeah, is having a three-year-old in the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, although that, it, although that does provide a another sort of relief from work because i so sitting at the desk staring at the screen answering emails reading things thinking about things it's really nice just to go and play lego or yeah play little little um little sort of vignettes about social interactions with soft toys that ada seems to be really into yeah oh, yeah that's okay. yeah so there is a change or an, and or a rest yeah. in there as well yeah, yeah. okay all right, let's stop there. Um, thank you very much, 
for joining us on the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. I've been here with Peter Cockhill and Nick Hare of Aleph. Until next time, goodbye.